When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You used to associate crickets with silence. But since you bought a house in the suburbs, you know crickets hate silence. If any other creature realized rubbing its legs together made a piercing high-pitched noise, they might think, maybe I won't do that. Constantly. All night long. Luckily, you can save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. Now that's something to make noise about. Just not constantly. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the What Difference Does It Make podcast. I'm so happy to be here, and we have uh, part two of our interview with the immediate family. Danny Korchmar, Wadi Wattel, Leland Sklar, Russ Kunkel, and Steve Postel. Yes. You've heard them play with all our favorite artists. You've heard with Linda Ronstadt and Don Henley. Not only have they played with these guys, but they've written some of your favorite songs. Have you heard of James Taylor, Jackson Brown, Linda Ronstadt? Two of these guys. So let's get into it with the immediate family. On the What Difference Does It Make podcast. We just finished the song during this lockdown that we're going to use uh, in, the, in the documentary. And we all did it just by on our computers, you know, we're sending back parts back and forth. We did a whole song pretty much from beginning to the end, you know, the writing. We haven't recorded it yet, but it's written. It can be done. That's, that's, you know, one fun thing to have come out of this is we've been able to see some of the artists, like your, your video for Cruel Twist. That's yeah. good. Is that must have been, you know, fun, a fun project to shoot. I mean, under the circumstances. It was fun to yeah, shoot, but it's really fun to watch. Yeah. We, it, yeah. You know, when I watched it, I realized what a bunch of characters we are. We're like, we're like the Marx Brothers or something. <laughs> yes. You know, so I, I really like watching it. I gotta say. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, me too. Made it, made us laugh. Yeah. The fun part is not knowing what anybody else is doing and you're just yeah. in parts. And then when it gets assembled then you just kind of go, these guys are nuts. <laughs> but it all works. Amazingly, it all works. That's yeah. how well that's it, it, it's kind of the same as the way we play together. It just works. It just, it just falls in. Whatever cards get dealt to you, one thing you know is true. The good and Things you do gonna come back to you And it'll be a cruel twist Such a cruel, cruel twist A, a cruel twist 
So that footage was great. Who shot you? Each one of us shot our own. No, but who was working the camera for you? Is it somebody you know? Is it a professional? Was it us? We we shot it ourselves. We shot it ourselves. The cameras were stationary. (laughs) Okay. It was just improv dance, is what you guys were doing, right? Yeah, I just (laughs) for for me, I just had this little thing, and I would click it, and it turns on the camera. So I would just set it up and frame it, and then. We would turn on each of us. We had the um, the song. We had the song "Cruel Twist" with a click to start it, and uh, and each of us would just turn that on so you could hear the click for syncing purposes, and then uh, and then just do whatever you're going to act as silly or what or serious as you wanted to be. And uh, I think the only thing that was shot for me was my wife shot my dogs, knocking me out of my hammock. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was unexpected, huh? Okay. Yeah. Nice. For me too. Little pratfall. Nice. Could do it. <laughs> Danny, you you were in the What's New video. You played Linda Ronstadt's love interest. So I have to ask what how that I have to ask about that and how how tough it is to watch Linda sing to you and act and Well, it was it, it was way out of my comfort zone, that's for sure. I was shocked when she called me and asked me to come down there and I couldn't imagine why. But at the time I had, you know, real short, slick back hair, so I guess I looked like somebody from that period. And, um, but I, I never felt, did not feel comfortable, believe me, doing it. I love Linda madly, but, uh, that was written so far out of my comfort zone that I felt very strange doing it. <laughs> you even got to dance with her. That was, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And she kept saying, no, more, more active. She kept, you know, ribbing me. And, Can I go home now? <laughs> Can I go home now? <laughs> you're miserable. You're dancing with Linda. And yeah, you're I was. I mean, as much as I love her and I love her madly, we all do, but, but I was like way out of my, what song was that? What's new? What's new? Oh, I gotta go look at that. Oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> You'll laugh your ass off. You're no, I was trying to stare when I first saw it. Frederick <laughs> 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 Astaire. <laughs> you also played Ronnie Pudding in Spinal Tap. Um, the, zenith, the zenith of my career. Yes. With, with, with Stompy Pete on drums, which Ed, Ed Bakley right. Jr. Danny, Danny tell, him, tell him the Ronnie Pudding story when we were on tour in Australia. Oh, this is terrible. Yeah. So every <laughs> character had their name. My name was Ronnie Pudding uh, in, in the movie. So um, I decided foolishly to, we all use different names for the hotel listing in case people were trying to get in touch with us that we didn't want the bugging us at the hotels. So my so my name was Ronnie Pudding on, on this on the uh, room list. So we're checking out of one of the <laughs> we're checking out one of the hotel, and the woman behind the guy said, "Oh, Mr. Pudding, how are you doing? Have you been having a good day, Mr. Pudding? Is everything all right, Mr. Pudding?" <laughs> and so he turned up to him and said, "You got to change the name. I don't want you know." I thought she was going to say, "Would you like some pudding with your pudding, Mr. Pudding?" I thought that was coming up. Next. And uh, so I begged him to change the names and put it back to Danny Corchmar, Final Tino, you know, whatever, and we did, but. I couldn't have lived with that. <laughs> Another gig. It was really stupid, really ridiculous. Can anybody share a Spinal Tap moment? There's got to be. Someone's got it. Wadi, please, tell me tell me your moment where you got lost on trying to find the stage or what. You must have had. Oh, oh, oh like that. Um, I don't know, but uh, I've been in basements where not all unlike that scene in the movie where they're going rock and roll, rock and roll, and trying to get to the stage. And taking every wrong turn in this basement, uh, that happened to me in a, in a theater in uh, Pittsburgh, an old theater called the Stanley Theater. Oh God! And uh, I was on the road with Linda, and we were down in this basement, and we kept going the wrong way, you know. And Eric Barrett was leading us through this <laughs> fucking basement, and 
We kept going there. He said, here we go, here we go. Open the door. Not it. Oh, no, oh, no. Now we can't get to the stage. Now we're totally lost. So it was exactly like that moment in the movie. We actually had, we did a benefit with, with Harry Shearer and his wife Judith Owen in, in this theater that had a basement. And at one point, Judith and Harry and I were trying to get to the stage. Oh, my God. And we didn't even have to say it. We just looked at each other like, of course, you know. <laughs> yeah, I here's, thought you were asking for real Spinal Here's the Spinal Tap moment for you. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh. That's great. Oh, God. Rose says, Stumpy Joe. Stumpy yeah, that was a, that was a shot yeah. that, as a steal from a shot, a scene that didn't make the movie where they're, they're doing a, a, like an interview. Like they went to Japan and they're all at a table and they're being interviewed by the press. And I'm sitting on the very end and Chris puts these flowers in front of me. <laughs> and the, the interviewers, the, the, the reporters keep wanting to ask me a question. And every time they ask me a question, Chris would answer the question for me. And explain that I wasn't capable of answering the question. <laughs> so nothing's changed. Nothing. That's great. Oh, you're being so respectful now. I do need to ask about when one thing did go right on stage, and that's the uh, the Jackson Brown running on empty tour, just creating that. And I'm, it's still just amazing to to listen to. It's just uh, just an amazing work. But loadout, I guess that was that song had not been fully rehearsed or what what's the story behind loadout and stay you know getting that i think we rehearsed it uh rusty do you remember that well it's it's uh it's a compilation of things because it goes into it goes into the it goes into stay at the end but yeah um i think that song was written by uh jackson and brian groffalo i think brian helped him write the lyrics to that or something at some point but it was a it was a it was a piece that that i think jackson had already started before we did the tour but it wasn't fully rehearsed i mean when you guys played it that the, the version that's on uh that was recorded was that something that was like a one take or how you know no no we played we played that was that, that whole album was recorded over a whole summer tour okay so we i don't know which which you know which show that was that particular take was taken from but we would we were pretty much doing a similar set every night but as that, i remember it but that's yeah. 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 yeah, but that's kind of exciting playing new music in front of an audience. You know, instead of playing all the all the hits, this, these were songs that weren't known. What uh, was it still like? A did it feel like it was like a club feel? Like you're in a small setting and people are still trying to get to know what what these songs are. Well, it's always fun to play new songs on tour for sure. You know, so was yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, that that there was a dynamic to that tour that was really quite unique, and it's probably one of the few live albums that's truly a live album. But we had so much fun because we would set up, <clears throat> check into a hotel, and kind of dismantle the room, sit, take the box spring and the mattress, and put them up against the walls. And Russ would set that up as like his drum booth, and I had a little amp, and I'd stick it under the desk where the chair would go. And I mean, it was really kind of like guerrilla recording when we were out there and just took advantage of every opportunity just to do something unique in it. And the thing that's beautiful is you listen to that record right now and it's, it's so it still stands the test of time. It still feels fresh today. There's that ding. You're done. <laughs> Someone's email. <laughs> How did you get that great sound? I mean, you're, you're recording in different venues but it sounds like this one full sound although but, it's recorded well, in so many different areas i don't i, I mean what's i think what a the, lot of that would also be harken back to the great greg ladani 
you know, who, who recorded it and, and he, his ability to, uh, to every night really create stuff in the, in the truck or wherever they were recording that um, had a consistency to it. Cause he was a, he was a fantastic engineer and we all really miss him. I, I give him a lot of credit for how that album turned out. He drove yeah. us completely crazy, but, um, <laughs> but he was a hell of an engineer. He was the right engineer. This is Danny. He was the right engineer because uh, Jackson, Jackson at that time, and probably still was fearless. Nothing stopped him. Nothing, you know, uh, he just was going to go. He was going to do this. It didn't matter that nobody had heard the songs before. He didn't care. And Frank Ladani, nothing could stop him. There is nothing, he, no problem he won't surmount. If uh, at one point Jackson said, I want to record on the bus. And, uh, you know, so he, and, and, you know, some engineers would go, how are we going to record on a bus? Are you out of your mind? Uh, Greg goes, okay, bang. He figures out how to do it, gets a machine on the bus. At that time, there was, there was no digital. Everything was to tape. So he got a tape machine on the bus, set up microphones on the bus, and the bus took off down the street and away we, we went and we recorded. Like I said, nothing could stop him. He's a brilliant, brilliant engineer, and we miss him a lot. Great guy, too. Dear, yeah. dear friend. Yeah. That's someone as passionate about their job as you guys are about yours. You know, somebody who could yeah. make something like that work. That's, well, that's right. very cool. Yeah. That's the immediate family. It's an extended family. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so this is the point on the What Difference Does It Make podcast where we take a break. So let's do that right now. Welcome back to the What Difference Does It Make podcast, and welcome back to Quarto Valley Recording Artists, The Immediate Family. I'm curious, in mentioning Jackson Brown, I know um, from what I've seen, he's been supportive of you, of you guys as a band. Um, have all the other artists for whom you've written for and played for, uh, or have they been equally supportive? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Carol, Carol put all our stuff up on her on her Instagram and her site, and I, I saw it on James Taylor's site as well. The, the last video. That's very cool. I, I it's, it, it's been fun too with the interviews, the the variety of artists that uh, Denny Tedesco's interviewed, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. and they're all they're every time every time we've asked anybody, they're really excited about talking about the band and what it's. I mean, we even got like Billy Bob Thornton loves the band, so he <laughs> he came down and was interviewed, and it's it's cool. It's, you know, it's a, it's, it is a, a family and, and all those artists are part of it too. It's just at this point now, instead of being the support team, we are now the artist yeah. and that's a unique position for us to be in. You feel comfortable with it? Absolutely. I mean, we've been groomed for this for, you know, 2000 years. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on, that, that's a lot, maybe a thousand. Yeah, I, mean, I remember that day they invented dirt. <laughs> that was a good day. Uh, so I guess, Danny, you probably take what you've learned. I, I, I'm sure what you learned and to help Don Henley when you, ha- you got to, uh, to work with him on, uh, on building the perfect beast and end of the innocence. Is that, did you, you know, what you learned in the studio, did you, you brought that to, to Don? Is that, did he bring that, did he help you with that or? <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying well, to he, say. He, he, it was a collabor- <laughs> it was a collaboration. He wanted somebody to collaborate with to come up with music and, and help him write songs and, and produce the whole thing. And we were on the same page. So it was really that simple. And, uh, you know, the great thing about working with Henley was 
whatever, whatever we wanted, bang, it appeared. There was no budget. And I'd never worked on anything like that before where, uh, for instance, uh, there was a, a new instrument called the DX7, the Yamaha DX7. Everyone was talking about it this in the 80s. So Henley turns to his aide-de-camp, Tony Tabby, and said, Tony, get one. Two days later, the first DX7 in, in, in Los Angeles shows up at our studio and that kind of stuff. So that was great. I loved that. And also, if Don liked the tune, liked a piece of music I was working on, he said, I can sing to that. I can write to that. We'd start recording right away. So uh, I had, you know, that was incredible. And I, I was really turned on by the idea that if I came up with something good, we would start recording immediately. And, uh, you know, from, from farm to table, as it were. So it worked out <laughs> really, really terrific. How could you have no budget? You was on Geffen. You must have had a budget, right? You must have had a- <laughs> No? Nothing. All right. Irving is off managed on him. Need I say more? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good point. Well, that, I mean, you were essentially stepping into Glenn Fry's shoes, I guess. Did you no, feel, no, you no, didn't, no. you didn't feel like that at all. Okay, good. Absolutely yeah. not. No, no. It's a completely different relationship and we performed, and I performed a completely different function than Glenn Fry. Yeah. <laughs> Was Billy, you did Billy Joel's last album ever. Yeah. What, ha- mm-hmm. what happened there? Why'd you scare him from recording ever again? <laughs> oh, it wasn't me. He, he had already decided that uh, while was we were it? making the album, he told me, so I'm never going to write another pop song. I don't want to, you know, he was, he was telling me, so I couldn't believe it, you know, because he's so brilliant at writing pop songs. And, and I thought he was really, that was that he was never stopped. But he, he had told me when, once we were making the album, as a matter of fact, the last song on the album is called The Last Song. And it was the last song he wrote and all that. I mean, he, that, that was completely his decision, you know, and, and uh, I just felt lucky to be there with him. He's Brilliant, brilliant guy, Billy. Yeah. Does that, do you ever call him and like, let's, you, you ever try and get lure him into let's the jam. studio again? Yeah. Let's, come on, Billy, let's do something. No. No, it's a <laughs> <laughs> short answer. Fair enough. Succinct. <laughs> I wanted to go to James Taylor. Again, I was looking at what happened this day in history. We're recording this on July 31st. Um, in 1979, you guys played a, a free concert in Central Park. And this oh was and this was uh, this was the 1979 James Taylor tour, which was a little it kind of rocked out a little bit for this uh, for this mellow group. Uh, is, yeah, you, James you... James made the terrible mistake of hiring me and Waddy to be in, in the band. <laughs> so you know what's going to happen then. You know, the volume gets up, the energy level goes up. You know, and uh, that's kind of the way it was. That tour was so much fun. We yeah. loved it. Great band. We were just killing. It, it was it was really a great experience. One of the best, one of the best things at that at that gig in Central Park was when we were all standing backstage, and Mayor Koch was there, and uh, um, uh, Gloria Vanderbilt was there. She was one of the sponsors of it, and it was when she was kind of in her kind of kabuki period. <laughs> and I remember one of the Shoko guys, one of the roadies, Leroy Kerr, walks by, and he glances over and he goes, "Who's the mummy?" <laughs> <laughs> I just I, mean, I, I almost had a heart attack I was like and, and she's just standing there and mayor's like they're all but Leroy was he just you know he would just say what he wanted to say but when he was who's the mummy I almost I almost plopped also tell, tell him what uh, Mayor Koch said when he when someone of his age told him they were getting a lot of complaints about the volume yeah well, we were on stage doing uh, James's show and uh Ed Koch came out to say a few words to the audience. And while he was walking out, one of his aides is walking with him going, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, we've got a real problem. Well, these, you know, there's 250,000 people there. They'd opened up <laughs> the entire city for this show. 
And he's going, this, we're getting all these noise complaints from all the buildings all around the park. And Kosh just looked at me and goes, fuck him. Our kind of guy. I can hear that. Yeah. yeah. Succinct. <laughs> we had a great show that night. Beautiful. It's amazing. That was an amazing tour. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Go on YouTube and pull it up. And that, was, and that was James, that was James' idea to, to to kick it up to eleven. Is that? Uh, yeah, never. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, previously yeah. this was not you know what you would expect normally from James Taylor, but uh, he, he asked for a, a he wanted to do an encore song. I didn't have a song in mind, and I think I was I suggested "Summertime Blues," so that was like <laughs> he was having a party every night with that song. He was just going crazy, you know. It was, it, was a, it was the most rock and roll version of James, I would say, ever. Yeah. yeah. It was the end of the innocence. Oh. <laughs> oh. Leland. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I read somewhere your nickname, King of the Whole Note. I mean, you know, the thing is, we all suffer from this where people throw out these <laughs> things. All I've ever talked yeah. about really is is really honoring the song. And if, you know, the song only needs a whole note, you know, you play whole notes. You don't sit there. You don't impose yourself on the music. You find, you listen to the song and you find out what the song would like from you. And uh, and so, I mean, I, I go around and, and I, I watch like tons of YouTube videos of bass players and the Berkeley site and all this. And pretty much all I see is guys just flailing away um, with monstrous amounts of chops, but nobody ever addresses is how to play a song. And, uh, and there are, are so many songs I've done clinics where I've done like a 10 minute dissertation on a note because the options are pretty dramatic when you really break down a note. So somehow somebody stuck that on me. I mean, it, it's uh, but that, you know, they said, called me Mr. Potato Head. I don't know. I can take my <laughs> eyes out and change them with something. I don't know. But, that, but that's writers do that kind of stuff. Yeah. With little hooks for you. And I remember we were in Europe, I think, with James early on. And he was given like a, a, a this like a piece of crystal that was made for him. And it said like Mr. Sensitive <laughs> on it. And we were sitting in the hotel and he just looked at it and he just went, Okay, Mr. Sensitive shit and throws it and smashed the thing. Because, you know, I mean, he got the, that hook went on him. Yet, like with that, you know, 79 show, the guy could rock. Mm. Um, and, and he yeah. could pick really up strong songs. But everybody would look at him as this kind of quiet, sensitive. Everybody, all the women yeah. wanted to mother him and stuff. <laughs> and, you know, and it gets to you after a while because when you've got it, on the other side of you to do the other things. And people are almost not accepting or recognizing those because their expectation from me is, oh, he, he, he's the king of the whole note, but they don't give me credit. Like people come up and say, do you know who played bass on, on Spectrum, Billy Cobham? I go, I did. <laughs> you know, and they go, what? You played? That's Mr. Whole Note playing that stuff. So, you know, yeah. We're, I've we're, never heard you yeah, refer to us, Mr. Whole Note, Leland. I, 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 I never have either. I, I remember calling you Low Note, but not yeah. Whole Note. Yeah. yeah. And the audience, the audience should know about Leland is that he has blazing chops and can play faster than me. You know, so if he chooses to play a Whole Note, it's going to say he's smart enough to choose that. You know, so that, that to me that, that nickname is all wrong. Oh, it's I think so, it's wrong too. But you know, I, I'm not going to track anybody down and then put out a contract on them or anything like that. I think you should actually. Well, I'm just happy they mentioned my name. 
Of course, it might have been Louis, it might have been Louis Sonoma for all I know. <laughs> the very first the very first gig we ever played with James, they, Russ, you were what Rick Coco. Rick Coco. That's how the reviewer saw it, and they called me Lewis Sonoma because I think James played with an English bass player when he was <laughs> doing his Apple record named Lewis Sonoma. <laughs> Nobody looked past it all. So Rick Coco is not bad. Rick Coco is yeah. good. I think it's an improvement, actually. <laughs> I think that's more swag. We should have some Rick Coco. Hey, watch yourself there, Mr. Korchmar. <laughs> But that's good. No ego. You just play. You do what you do. It doesn't matter what anybody else is, you know, well, that, is, is yeah. saying or how they're referring and to you. Right. That's how you guys, I mean, you, you bring, you don't bring anything extra. You bring what the song needs. And that's why you guys kept getting hired because that's, you brought yeah. exactly what was, what the song needed. That, they, they, nope. they would have to pay more for extra. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly not. Yeah. They, they're paying be- by the notes. So they'd say, how about a whole note? <laughs> <laughs> We can only afford a half note. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Quarter note. Stepping up, going crazy now. So that I mean, does that bother you that you got called the the mellow mafia? I mean, does that I mean at the time it, it kept getting you hired because that's what that's what people wanted. But no, we I, hated hired. That. I hated we're that. Getting man. hired anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That, we we didn't like that at all. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> the I only thing that was worse than that was the nights of soft rock. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it, it sounds I, like an impotency clinic. <laughs> I see m- more merch oh. opportunities here. Why don't you? Yeah, yeah. You got T-shirts now with that. Okay, so now if you could come up with a name for yourselves, you know, in the same vein, what would you? What would you call yourselves? The immediate family. I uh, <laughs> that's right. That's very clever. So, what can we expect on this new out? Al- this album that's going to come out in twenty twenty one. Uh, well, actually, for the EP, will there be additional songs or the, a few of the same songs on the new album, on the full length? Uh, the, the EP, we're just featuring one song from the new album. It's a great song that uh, Waddy sings and wrote, Slipping and Slide, and that's, that's going to be a single. And then uh, we're doing a song from the very first record that Danny was talking about that was Danny Korchmar and the Immediate Family. Two songs from that. One is the single Cruel Twist, will be on it. And then we're doing two, a live cut of Werewolves from mm. a live show. And we're doing a new version of uh, the Korchmar Henley song, New York Minute, that we've just recorded. Actually, uh, remotely, we all recorded our parts uh, individually, and, and Wadi and I are just finishing the mix, I hope, today of that. So it'll be those five songs. Didn't it rain? Didn't it rain? It's raining down so much money I thought I'd gone insane Didn't it rain? Yeah, rain Until it all dries up And gets washed down the drain I'm top of the rock King of the hill Cream of the crop In for the kill I'm top of the rock Riding that thrill I'm sitting on top On top of the rock The 2021, it's it's a whole, That's a whole new ball thing. game. It's a whole new ball of wax, and it's okay. it's pretty pretty damn good. <laughs> 14, 14 new songs. That's great, and they're all... 
they're all completed and it's ready. It's going to be. Oh ready. yeah, it's ready to go. It's in the can. It's been there. Yeah. Ah, uh, we guys, were going to be releasing it in uh, November. Everything was the mm. uh, documentary album. Everything was slated for November until uh, COVID came along and uh, a certain uh, asshole in a certain house painted white didn't do anything about it. So now we're all suffering because of it. Yeah. And uh, so that's why we have to delay till 2021, but we can't wait for everybody to hear it. I think you're going to love it. We, we're so proud of it. Yes, indeed. We can't wait to hear it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I just I, wish I, this wasn't just audio because, Wad, man, you're looking so cool. The lighting's yeah. perfect. The shades are great. Yes. I'm, I'm going to take a screenshot, and I'm just going to go visit it for a while. <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to I have some because I recorded it. I'm going to have some screenshots that I'll okay. we'll, we'll post because always you're the right. rock star. You're either undercover or rock star. <laughs> Leland, do people come up to you and say, "Where do I know you from?" Because you you have this distinctive look, and yet you know, and everyone has seen you on stage, but yet they can't place you. I get the whole gamut. I get people go, you know, everything from you know. Lord of the Rings to ZZ Top to Oak Ridge Boys to the guy that lives under the freeway. <laughs> you know, it's a, I get a little response, but I, I do love the position that, that I certainly, I, I, for me personally, that we find ourselves in of people like come up, like when I'd be on the road with Phil Collins, if somebody came up to Phil, they would be peeing in their pants and, and freaking out. But they come up to me and they just go, oh, man, I saw you. You know, there's a, a comfort and a familiarity because we've always been like the accessible guys um, to people where they're really intimidated by the, the celebrity artists that we've worked with. So I've really enjoyed it. I get I mean, I, you know, I deal with people every day, like in the supermarket and, you know, just walking down the street. Somebody will drive by and they'll just, oh, man, you rock. I love your bass playing kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't mind the recognition from that. I mean, I've, it, I can't blame anybody for my, except myself because I've, <laughs> I've been too lazy to do anything about it for so many years that it became an image. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, just is what it, it just is what it is. But nobody's ever been, you know, really you know, creepy about it. Everybody's been really kind of nice and just they feel a certain sense of familiarity. And, uh, and, I, and I embrace that. Um, yeah, so if somebody comes up, I'm happy to talk to them and, you know, and, and uh, hang with them a little bit. And, but airports, all those places, you know, you find yourself being stopped all the time. Mm -hmm. and, uh, That's a, you, you it's cool. It's great. I like it. I like it. I mean, I, I'm not a social person when I'm home, but I know how to be social when I'm in a social situation. That is, as a music fan, you just, you hit the nail on the head, I think, for us, as a, as a fan of music and, you know, watching you guys play and our other, you know, our favorite band, seeing them play, there is something about watching the band that bring, you know, playing over and over that brings you the comfort, you know, not, not so much enthralled with the celebrity of, you know, the singer, whoever it might be, but there is something comfort, comfortable about it. Yeah, there's, that's, it's like the, we, we're the immediate family. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is really, this will always be there. transcends just the, the title of like an album or anything like that. It really is, it is a philosophical name. This first time I saw like when Danny put down, you know, Danny Korshaw, an immediate family, I thought that's the perfect name for this because yeah. we really are a brotherhood together. And, uh, and the thing that's to me is wonderful is um, for the 50 years that I've known <laughs> most of the guys and for the 15 years that I, that I've known Steve and worked together, um, I've never felt 
any weirdness, any animosity. You hear of all these bands that get in fist fights and they're always, you know, psychodrama all the time. And everybody here is on the same page. They all just want to make the best music they can to share each other's talents and company. And, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm forever grateful that, that I have these guys in my life. And uh, they are one special cast of characters that uh, it's hard to come by. But, you know, time has really uh, been a telling thing for us that, that a half a century and we're still digging each other and still moving forward. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it sure is. It's very inspiring. I, well, and I think that's a, that, this will be a good place to end it. You, 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 put, the, you put the exclamation mark. There we go. Um, thank you so greatly. much, guys. This was really wonderful. I, I appreciate you taking the time out uh, to, to talk with us. This was wonderful. We're really looking forward to hearing more from you. The first single is Cruel Twist by The Immediate Family. And uh, you could, it's, it's out now. You could check it out. The LP 20, next oh, year. Yeah. And yep. that, and eventually uh, the, the documentary it's, it's piece, yeah. piecemeal, but it's, it's all going to come out and it's all going to look wonderful once it's out. I'm sure you guys uh, can't wait to, yeah, to, to release this into the, into the world. And a music fan should not miss it. Yes. No. Thank you guys so much. Okay, Dave, thank you both. Thank you, very much. Uh, thank you, David. Yeah. I didn't mean anything I said, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> Dave can edit that so out. Nice. It was weird. It's so lovely, though. Yeah. yeah, I just thought you guys might think like a like I came out of a pot. Where's Lee? This yeah. guy's being. Holly's going to send us a video recording of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Have> it. <laughs> we know it's there, and he seems sincere. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that. That's all that matters. If he seems sincere, that's all that matters. <laughs> that's right. 50 years in the studio gives you means sincere <laughs> we'll take it thank yeah. you very much thank you that was great really 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 that's the best yeah thanks, thanks you guys, you guys thank are great. you so thank much you. thank you that's yeah. wonderful thanks for having us all right holly that was tremendous fun wasn't it that was so much fun yeah it was great these guys have been around i mean they keep telling us they've been around for two thousand years because they've created two thousand years worth of music, it's just—it's uh, just been a treat spending uh, this time with them. They're the best of the best. They are they're, the they're, absolute best of the best. They are—you know—when I go to the car wash and I ask for the best of the best, that's what these guys. You get are. the immediate family. You get the immediate family. <laughs> they give me the best of the best. So it was uh, a lot of fun. Thanks so much for tuning in. Sign up for our newsletter, our monthly newsletter. You can find that at, on our website at wddimpodcast.com. And you can find us on Facebook at What Difference Does It Make and on Instagram at WDDIM Podcast and on Twitter at WDDIM Podcast. What Difference Does It Make is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast family. So until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. It looks like your luggage is over 50 pounds. Is there anything you can take out? Oh, yeah. Let me just toss all these $20 bills. Great. Let me grab you a trash can. Stop. Instead of throwing money away, move some clothes into a carry-on. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 